Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us for the weekend. And today, ah, I always think of Friday as the weekend. I bet you guys do too. Good morning, Mimi. Oh my gosh, it's good to see you. Susie Gemini, good morning to you. Tom, good morning to you. And as you notice, I'm sitting by myself today. Uh, Pia and Colin have been under the weather this week, and so she asked me if we could move uh, their time with me till next Friday. So on Christmas Eve morning, we'll have a little surprise with Pia and Colin with us. I guess it's not a surprise if I've just told you that you're going to have Pia and Colin with me next week. Um, so we are looking forward to being together then. There's a lot for us to talk about with them. And so I really didn't want to have to wait until three weeks into January to chat with them. And the good news is that they gave me dates for the first six months of 2022. And so we're going to continue the relationship, having them with me on the show one Friday a week, one Friday a month. Oh my goodness. Uh, as you can tell, I'm feeling a little bit tired. I don't, I'm wondering how you guys are all doing. I've been almost overwhelmed with all the things to do. It's amazing how the season seems to drive the uh, busyness uh, all in its own. And then you couple that with the north and the south nodes sitting at what is the busiest channel in our human design, the 20 to the 34 or the 34 to the 20. And which is the archetype of the manifesting generator. And it puts us all in busy mode, right? It puts us all in busy mode. And you put that over the holiday season. And of course, it just amps up, ramps up the busyness. And I thrive sometimes in that. But I found myself last night at eight o'clock falling asleep. And <laughs> my husband wakes me up about 930 and says, do you want to go to bed? <laughs> and yes, I did. I was tired. And then I slept all through the night, no 4am wake up calls from God knows whom. And uh, I woke up on time this morning, but now I'm feeling like I'm still a little bit uh, hungover, if you will. Uh, good morning, Christine Buckingham, wishing them a rapid healing. It, she, she characterized it as a cold. So I'm assuming that that is something they can get over with. She was already feeling better herself. Uh, it was Colin that was still pretty much under. She kind of gets over it. And just as she's getting over it, he gets it. Uh, so that's, we're just giving them that extra week to get it together and, and be their healthy selves. Uh, Mimi says, waves to Debbie. Debbie must be out there. Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts Tumio. Good morning, Michelle Gay. Good. It's good to see you, Pauline. Wonderful to see you. And JLo Grand Rising, and I'm sure there's more of you out there that I've missed. Uh, let's see. So Tom says, so that's two Fridays I have to get up at the crack of dark. <laughs> well, you know, it's not my fault that the season is dark in the morning, right? And then at least we're coming to the shortest day of the year pretty soon here, at least if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, which means that there's hope because pretty soon that means the days will start getting longer. I know it takes us uh, a while up here in the Pacific Northwest or the Northern tier, uh, including you, Tom, in Canada, to notice that the days are getting longer, but they are and they will be. So yes, right? All things happen in the seasonal um, round of, of, uh, energies. So today we're going to be talking about the weekend, of course, the weekend astrology, but we're also moving into a full moon 
and the full moon happens. Let's see here. I've got that happening at 1136 p.m. East Coast time. So for us on the West Coast, that'll happen at 836 p.m. Uh, and this will be on Saturday, the 18th. And if you are in Europe or in the time zones from universal time zones uh, east, or would that be west? No, that would be east. <laughs> um, it will be on the 19th at 5.19 a.m. UTC time, or 4.36, excuse me, a.m. Uh, UTC time. So very early in the morning. If the skies are clear, take a look, right? Let's connect visually with whatever we can. It really helps. And did you all know that there is a comet that is visible in the night sky now? Surprising to astronomers and astrologers alike, I think, because they're um, out of the blue that we knew that we were experiencing a flyby of a comet. And uh, surprisingly, it pops out into the night sky. Beautiful pictures of it on spaceweather.com. And it is as bright, if not brighter than Venus in the night sky. So amazing things to see. Of course, we've had <clears throat> cloudy skies, not able to see it, but I love the seeing the pictures of it. And it's basically lower on the Western horizon. So you see it just as the sun sets. I'm not sure how much longer it will be like that. It's getting closer to the sun, which is probably why it's picking up more light. And I just think it's beautiful to have a sort of a pseudo Christmas star, right? <laughs> At the same time, we're entering the holiday season. So if you get a chance to take a look, I believe it's called Comet Johnson. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but spaceweather.com. That's the best place. That's where I get all my beautiful, wonderful um, astronomical uh, pictures and information. So here we are today. We're sitting with the sun at the verge of the galactic center. For all intents and purposes, really, we could say the sun and the galactic center are conjunct today and then put that in relationship to the new, the full moon, excuse me, tomorrow and into Sunday. And what we have is the two luminaries in our solar system uh, ferrying in information and bringing it into our own personal energy fields during this full moon season. Now, every year, so this is it. I don't need to think like this is some like giant new thing that ever happens. Every year and every month, the sun, every year the sun hits the galactic center, every month the moon hits the galactic center. But it doesn't happen that often where the sun and moon in their opposition, otherwise known as the full moon, happens right at the galactic center. I mean, literally within seconds or minutes of the galactic center conjunction. So as I was looking at that yesterday, I was feeling it. I was actually feeling this. Um, and actually, I think I started to feel it when Mercury or when uh, Mars moved into Sagittarius on Monday as I started feeling like peppered with ideas or with inspiration or with like, duh, aha moments, right? Where you're like, I could have been doing this all along, or I should have been doing this or whatever the, you know, conversation is that you have in your, in your head. Um, so there are new ideas and new possibilities of things that um, uh, are coming up for us. Now, the galactic center is literally just the center of the Milky Way galaxy. So we live in a spiral galaxy and our spiral galaxy has a center, right? Some, the, the whole of the star system is circling around something, right? What it's circling around or orbiting is 
likely a black hole that is at the center of the Milky Way universe or Milky Way uh, galaxy, otherwise known to us as the galactic center. And the galactic center is the source of highly charged particles, gamma rays, cosmic rays, and the neutrinos, right? Neutrinos and probably more rays than what we really want to know, x-rays, microwaves, um, Literally, some of you who are always worried about 5D would probably just shudder if you knew about all of the highly charged particles coming into this planet all the time from the galactic center. But when we have an alignment with the sun and the earth in an opposition like this, it brings it home personally to us, right? So these particles that act as a mutative energy are coming home personally to you and me. And where is that happening, right? It happens in a specific part of the chart across, in this case, the Gemini and Sagittarius axis. I think it's a beautiful um, end point, right? A bookend uh, to the Gemini Sagittarius eclipse season that we've had for the last 18 months. And as you know, we're getting ready to shift that into Taurus and Scorpio, uh, this particular full moon seems to sum it up nicely as a completion point, maybe a dot at the end of the sentence. Maybe it's a semicolon because we're gonna still go on. Maybe it's a colon because there's more to come, right? More to come, more things in the list that we could expect. Um, but the net effect here is that we're all being bathed in these particles and we are all then um, able to tap in to something that's what, what I might term more possibilities, right? Gemini, where uh, the moon is actually in the full moon, is the sign that is about curiosity and is a sign that is about communicating ideas and inspiration and the things that the thought processes uh, behind things. And so the moon in, in this particular case is sitting opposite of the galactic center and opposite of our sun, which means the moon, the inner voice, the inner part of us is who's taking this in, right? The sun uh, going across the face of the galactic center is absorbing it, beaming it out to the moon, and then the moon brings it inward to us. And we each then get to see what is the effect that we want to, uh, what are the, what's the effect of these high energy particles in our own personal being. So it is a great opportunity for us to make some decisions about what comes next. And this is all, I mean, sometimes, Sometimes there are just things that are happening up in the sky that are just so beautifully symbolic. It's always beautifully symbolic, but beautifully symbolic of what's happening here on the planet or what the potential is. Because not only are we sitting here with this full moon at the galactic center, but Venus during this period of time is also moving retrograde. When she moves retrograde, she also changes phase right? So she's in a phase called completion that begins right after the full moon on Sunday. And at completion, it's a 15-day time period that she'll be in this phase that she's starting to dip lower to the horizon. If you're someone who watches, who like we, I don't know, ever really get to see the low Western horizon here because of the trees. If I go down the hill to the beach, then I have a clearer view, but then I'm looking right at the lights of the refineries over in Anacortes, so I can't see the western horizon very easily. 
But if you're somewhere where you can see the western horizon, you might have already noticed that Venus is dipping lower and lower, and she will be at a very bright stage uh, on Sunday, but she'll also begin to dim as she falls closer and closer and closer to the sun. And that's essentially what's happening now. She's getting ready to fall behind the sun. And when she does that, she is also getting ready to shift. She'll have her conjunction with the sun and then slingshot into the morning sky. So she's about to change phases. The phase that she's moving into gives us a, a time to orient ourselves to be ready to share our gifts with the world. So we have high energy particles coming in that are going to create the possibility for some kind of morphing or mutation or evolving or whatever word you want to use within us. And along with that, then we have the Venus phase change, allowing us to see how it is that these changes or these new ideas or these possibilities are meant for us to use to share with the world, right? With the greater world at large. And in, in to use Gene Key's language, this would be about how it is you're here to share your genius, right? Your genius, not my genius. My genius is different than your genius, is different than everybody else's. But it's about how is it that we want to start aligning ourselves more closely with what we value, right? There's Venus rules, values, and relationships and money. So how do we want to align our values, align with our personal values, right? And share from uh, the knowing that we have of those values, right? Or of the living of those values. So it's a huge time, right, for us. And when we even start to look at the human design, and the gene keys itself of this full moon, we see another sort of level uh, of energy that's coming up as the, the actual sun during this period of time is at the gate 11. The gate 11 sits on the Ajna and it's moving down toward the throat center. So it's a gate of, it's called the gate of light in the highest expression. So it's light. And we're taking the light of our awareness, our consciousness, and we're moving it into the throat center, which is where it gets brought into reality. It gets voiced, right? The voice gets connected to it. And when we connect the voice to it, then we are able to bring it into reality. We're creating it, right? So we have the sun during this period of time sitting at the gate of light. In the gift level, it is the sun sitting at idealism right? Tapping into the idealism. I do this every day. It's my, I am an idealist, right? To me, I look at the world and I see the, the things that could be possible, that if we, if we could color the world the way that we would really want it with peace and love and brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, it would be a completely different world than if we keep painting it with the greed and the, you know, the usual uh, infighting and and power trips and so forth. So I see that we have this possibility of what we could create. That's idealism, right? And the vision, the visionary. Uh, so if we are tapping into that, every one of us, for not only um, the collective, but what is possible for me, what is possible for you, right? On Tuesday, when we did the Astrology of 22 uh, webinar, we did a lot of talking about this is a year for us to create our reality. It's like a huge theme. And in that theme is about what we focus on, what we're putting our attention on, 
is what's being magnetized or attracted to us. So, i.e., we focus on the problem, we get more of the problem. We focus on the solution, we get more possibilities of how we could solve something. If we're focusing on how it is we want to share our gifts or the beauty of the, of the individual that you are or I am, then you're creating from that instead of the, oh, woe is me, I can't do anything right, there's no space for me on this planet, blah, 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 blah. And I know that's simplifying it because, of course, there's all the other things that happen, the challenges that happen in our personal lives, etc. So it be ready, right? Be ready to use this energy that begins, I'd say it's already beginning today, um, as we approach that full moon time and then the next days or two, and be ready to live from that um, place of joy, from that place of creativity, from that place of cooperation, right? Rather than infighting, let's cooperate, let's create together. Now, that's not it, right? That There's one more thing to go into here. And I just find this even more fascinating that as we get into the full moon, if we look at the Pleiadian Earth energy calendar, we see that we have moved it, we'll move into just at the full moon into the day 13 moving, 13 moving, right? So we're, we're preparing <clears throat> to close down the spiral of consciousness that we've been in. And then we're getting ready to move into the new one. Hold on. I want to remind you what that spiral was, but somehow my brain isn't working. Uh, so on December 7th uh, or 6th, we had the closing out of the week of choosing or the spiral of choosing. And we started the new week, the new 13-day week at one exploring. I remember this conversation because I think we were together on that Monday and we talked about the ideas of the planets getting ready to move into a uh, Sagittarius. I think it was Mars getting ready to move into Sag, the sun being in Sagittarius, the ending of the nodal shift or the ending of the nodes being in Sagittarius and Gemini. So we were sort of coalescing all of these ideas around exploring our options, exploring what comes next, being the adventurer. Remember that? So now we're winding down that week uh, on Sunday. At the same time, we've had the full moon. We have had the uh, beginning of a new Venus phase change. We're moving into the light, right? The light with the full moon in human design gene keys. And then the ending of the cycle is at 13 moving. Now moving energy is about doing what you need to do to go forward, right? To be more dynamic. So moving energy is sometimes thought of as transformation. It's sometimes uh, difficult for people because it brings change, but there's change on the horizon. But that change is coming up on the 13th day, and the 13th day is a day of going inward. So going inward, discovering what it is that needs to change in the inner planes, perhaps, in order for you to really be the shining star that you're meant to be in the outer world. So we have both an inward focus on what needs to change, but then the potential with the next energy coming up on this, which is one transcending, transcending energy. So that's that that is a what this is all about. Transcending energy. I'm looking for that because I want to kind of read it to you. Transcending energy in the Mayan calendar was Kimi, which was the sort of uh, picture of the vulture, or sometimes it was the owl or the death mask. Sometimes it was 
it was a time of letting go, right? So the beginning, <clears throat> the 20th, when we get into the one transcending energy is about what are we going to need to let go? What baggage are we shedding in order to go forward? So it can be difficult as we face what is it that we have to let go of? And again, going back to the astrology of 2022 webinar that we did on Tuesday, what was the one of the big messages of the shift of the nodes? That the shifting nodes are bringing us this need to release the baggage of that we've been carrying in Scorpio, grievances, emotional guilt trips, uh, fear, uh, panic, uh, letting go of all of the shadowy energies, right? Um, passive aggression and being able to become more of the Taurus side, which is about self-sufficient and having value and seeing your worth and living from your values. So we even see that now with the Pleiadian Earth uh, calendar, that we have this possibility of shifting what needs to be shifted inwardly so that we can be that shining star in that outer world. I think it's extraordinary. It's an extraordinary weekend, I think, when you look at it. And uh, it begins now, right? Today, the moon is in uh, early degrees of Gemini. Uh, before we dive into more about the Gemini energy, let me take a look at comments here and see how people are feeling out there. Good morning, Ursula. She says, feeling the galactic and the Mayan energies and the, how they're dovetailing, right? They're just seamlessly uh, together here. It's really kind of beautiful when you see that something, well, to us, the Mayan uh culture, the Mayan civilization is sort of ancient history, right? And to see the wisdom in, even though they, you know, had some barbarian sort of ways and things that they did, they had access to a calendar and to the mathematics and to the astronomy that boggles the mind, right? When you really think about the fact they were using a very similar calendar gifted to them by the star people, i.e. likely the Pleiadians, and how they were able to apply that to their civilization, right? It's amazing to me. And here we are rebirthing it, right? Every day that we use this calendar, every day that we tap into our galactic citizenry, um, every day that we do those kinds of things, we are bringing our um, ability to be more than what we thought we are into the focus, into the forefront. So it's beautiful. Good morning, Lynn. It's great to see you. Asa, great to see you. I'm so glad you were able to join us. Tom Wright said, reality, what a concept. <laughs> uh, remember, we talked about uh, how we've, we've been in this idea of realism for too long, right? That in, in this case, realism or reality bites, right? We, we have so believed that everything that we have in front of us is all there is or that in the concreteness of the physical realm that we've sort of painted ourselves into a box or a corner one of the things that gets to happen in 2022 with jupiter gets to happen starting next week when not next week the week after next i guess when jupiter moves into pisces is we start to get to untie all of that we get to start to move out of those boundaries, out of the um, the the box, and into you know the space beyond the box. What what's beyond the box? Well, anything that we can imagine, right? Anything that we want to imagine, anything that we want to create, it's all there. We just have to grab it and take care of it. <laughs> we need to see it 
and to be able to imagine um, how we can bring it into reality rather than letting the reality dictate what we think can happen or what we um, believe can happen. We have to go into the imagination and know that that's where all the great ideas begin, right? Airplanes didn't just happen in a vacuum, right? Somebody had an idea. Somebody said, I wonder if we could fly like birds. And then that began the imagination, right? That started to create from that process to bring it in, right? To bring it in. And eventually we fly, right? We fly. So what can we put in our imaginations now? What can we be focusing on now? Instead of the reality of the fact our world looks pretty ugly at times, right? What if we focused on the beautiful things we wanted to bring into our world instead? How would that look? right? That would be every morning getting up and validating this is a beautiful world, we are getting along together, that we're doing great things, we're solving big problems with new innovation. Uh, What if we started really focusing on that, right? Would that change anything? I think it would. I think it would because the number of people that might be focusing on what more is possible um, would start to change the paradigm, And that's what we're looking at. We're sitting at the cusp of a paradigm shift that is driven by us, not somebody outside of us saying, oh, hey, you're going to shift your paradigm tomorrow. It's driven by us. It's driven by where we are focusing our time, our attention, our thoughts, our hearts, our emotions, and then it becomes a creative reality, right? So don't, don't, you know, put it on the shelf and think you have no power in this because you absolutely do, right? Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely do. Uh, okay. So Christine Buckingham says 11.3 is her Saturn. And uh, that is a great place to have Saturn. I have my own earth sitting at the gate 11. It's a beautiful place of idealism. And in your case, because it's Saturn that sits there, you have to become the blending of idealism and Uh, ideas and possibilities in bringing them into the real world. So you can't live too far into the dream world or too far into the visionary uh, or the imaginary, uh, nor can you be too far over into the real world or into what you think is the concrete. It can only be this way. You have to find the middle road. In effect, you are someone, Christine, who's actually, oh, I wish I had a flashlight sitting here. I could use my phone, but uh, forget that. So there's this little flashlight. And if you're focusing on the the beam of light or the little pinprick of light that's coming from the the light, uh, the flashlight, then you're finding that middle road, right? Finding the middle road between real and imagine. And uh, in the Gene Keys um, conversation around the gate 11, Richard Rudd will say that even if there's a little pinpoint of light in the darkness, Right, right now, if the world looks pretty dark to you, focus on what is the little pinprick of light you see. Maybe it's a grandchild. Maybe it's a new relationship. Maybe it's just a community that you're a part of that you're seeing is growing and prospering or whatever it is. Focus more on the little pinprick of light, not on all the darkness around it, because your focus on the light makes the light bigger, right? The more you're seeing the light, that's what we want to be doing, okay? All right. Um, 
Leonard is near Venus in the western sky tonight and the next few evenings. Comet Leonard, that's what you're speaking about, Tom, right? Uh, for more info, just search Comet Leonard. Not here much longer, perhaps Santa doing a flyby. <laughs> Maybe so. Santa came early this year with a comet for all of us to view. And for some of you who have just joined and didn't hear this earlier, I was talking about how we have this beautiful comet in the night sky, low to the horizon, very near to Venus and nearly as bright as Venus, if not brighter. And gosh, it makes me think of like the star of Bethlehem or um, the ability to see two beautiful beings in the sky, right? Two beautiful beings in the sky. One a visitor who's probably going to just be here, grace us with something and be on his way. The other one who is going to be dipping below the horizon and coming back because she's going to dip below the horizon and then come back as the morning star. So she's going to be moving through a time period of transition, um, completion first and then transition and then rejoining us as the morning star later in January. So we are going through a shift of Venus and that shift of Venus, we can always tell it's coming because she goes into retrograde before that big shift. And we know that's what she's doing this weekend. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go back a little bit. Julie Kiss, good morning to you. Um, yes, I wish it was clear here too. I thought maybe tonight, I saw a beautiful sunrise this morning. So I was hoping the clouds would part. Uh, okay. Londa, good morning. She says it's my son's 40th birthday. I can't believe it. Tomorrow is my daughter's 35th birthday. I'm going to send her a card. I hope she's not listening. I'm going to send her a card that says now you can be the president of the United States. <laughs> so happy birthday to your son, Londa, and happy birthday to you, Jennifer. I'm pretty sure you're busy at work and not listening. Sylvester, grand rising, beautiful people. I ended up sleeping late too. I'm a Gemini moon, so I was dancing through all that full moon energy and ascension symptoms. Yes, indeed. Irene Alberg, hello from Sweden. She says hello to everybody. And I think maybe I got everybody... Everybody sending that healing energy out to Pia and to Colin. I love that. Uh, so let me just go back and say Pia and uh, Colin were due to be here with me this morning. They're both ill or Pia's getting better. Colin was ill. So instead, they will be with me next Friday, Christmas Eve. Yes, I'm doing a broadcast Christmas Eve because it'll be the last one for the year as I will be out of town from Christmas Day until January 2nd or 3rd, January 3rd. And um, so I didn't want to leave you for that long without something. And I'll probably try to record some broadcasts for you while I'm gone. We'll see how that goes. You know, it's Disneyland, it's Universal Studios, it's all the beaches of Southern California, all my haunted, haunting places from my youth. So I'll have a lot to do while I'm there. Uh, so uh, be with me at 8 a.m. next Friday. I'll also be on on Monday. So uh, never fear, I'll be here to... Uh, give you the setup for the week ahead and then they'll be with me now also just as an aside i'm doing something new as the year begins um as you know i uh, help write the energy almanac with tam tam Veyu of um big sky publishing and i think that's the name of it oh my gosh she's gonna kill me if i said that wrong uh, at any rate, uh, so she and I decided that it would be kind of fun to come in on the very first Wednesday of the month, each month, and give you a rundown of what to expect on uh, as on a monthly basis. So you'll have two of us 
um, and we're calling it astro inklings. That's sort of a going back to when uh, she and I were doing some weekly drawing. She does the drawing because you don't like you don't need my drawings, but she would do the drawings and I would do the astrology. Now here we're going to have uh, a chat um, with uh, able to see the drawings, but also about what the astrology energies are. So she will be with me on January 5th. That is a Wednesday. So my Wednesday is going to be about talking to other people, going to uh, be interviewing some interesting people on January 12th. I'll be interesting. I mean, I'll be interviewing um, Tom Palladino about scalar healing energy. And I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, I, I'm it's kind of one of those innovative, uh, cutting edge kinds of things. I know it's been around for a while because I heard about it way back in the in the day, in the early 2000s. But I want to know what it can do for us. So we'll be talking to Tom. And um, actually, on Monday, I'm going to have a guest as well, a surprise guest, Corey Sykes, one of the uh, people that you see out here sometimes on the morning show. She is going, she's a, she owns a publishing company and has written some children's books. And I want to have her tell us about the thought behind it and how she's living out the high side of her passion. So maybe we can bring more people in that are really living uh, their passion and how they've created that, even in the face of adversity at times. Uh, Janet, do a show from the Matterhorn. Ooh, good idea. I don't know if I'm going on the Matterhorn. I don't even know if they have the Matterhorn there anymore. You know, Terry and I had our very first date back May 9th of 1981. Yeah, holy cow. Uh, at Disneyland. And it was the first, we, we decided our first date was going to be with a whole bunch of friends. And that way, if I didn't like him, there were at least other people to talk to. And uh, I remember, you know, Disneyland being one of those places where it was so busy and there's so much going on that if, you know, we were uncomfortable with one another, we could hide that and, and so forth. Well, uh, that was May 9th. By my birthday, the 19th of June, I had moved in with him and uh, we are going to have our 40th wedding anniversary coming up this April. So <laughs> Disneyland holds a special place in my heart as the time where I chose uh, the person who I would live most of my life with. It was very, it's very romantic, very gate 12 ish, right? In uh, human design, the gate of uh, romance at times. Uh, good morning, Gala. It is good to see you. She says, love from Brazil. Oh my goodness. So we are multinational in this morning's broadcast, right? We had Irene from Sweden. We have uh, Brazil uh, on the in the house. I bet we have Australia in the house here somewhere, of course, and all places around uh, the U.S. And we have Canada present and represented. So I love it. I love it. Love it. Um, okay, Linny, uh, imagination is so potent. I've been saying my purpose is to hold that vision of a beautiful, kind, workable world filled with love and blessings. Yeah, maybe that's a great thing to do. You know, people create a mantra or create a vision statement or a mission statement for uh, this being a turning point in our history where we turn the energy, we turn the tide of creativity into um, a more cooperative, uh, beautiful state of the world. And the other energies, I mean, it's not that our our focusing on the good, the true, the beautiful, the heart-centered um, 
blanks out the challenges. I mean, it's not like they're not there and it doesn't mean that we don't know that there's still some of that ugliness going on in the world, but the force of the negative, the force of the dark, the force of the, um, the lower fear energies on the planet can't hold their space in light. So the more light we create, it may still be here on the planet, but it doesn't have to then affect you personally. So keep that in mind. What you're focusing on is what you're creating. If you're creating an Eden through a statement that's so powerful like that, then that's what you're going to start to see around you because you're going to magnetize it. Remember, we're all big magnets, right? You are a magnet and you are drawing to you at every moment, matching pictures to what it is that you are focused on right? What you're focused on is getting bigger, right? What you're focused on is you're seeing more and more evidence of what your focus is. And if you don't like what you see out there, then check your focus in here. Because that's what it means is that there's a focus that you have a thought process and a recurring fear pattern that you've got to seal, right? You've got to heal. I mean, not seal, you've got to heal, then you'll be able to see the difference in your life. All right. Now, I also wanted to share with you, but I'm hiding it from myself. Here we go. <clears throat> I wanted to share with you the full moon information from my Dane Rudyard, an astrological mandala uh, book, which is uh, the Sabian symbols reimagined, right? He says it's a reinterpretation of the Sabian symbols, presenting them as a contemporary American I Ching. So let's take a look then. And I, what I'm reading from is Gemini, first of all, because that's where the full moon will be. And it says this, through bankruptcy, society gives to an overburdened individual the opportunity to begin again. And the keynote here is about a release from unbearable pressures, freeing one for new tasks. This symbol can be easily misinterpreted for while it obviously has a connotation of failure it nevertheless depicts a particular state of the complex relationship of an individual to his community. The bankruptcy proceedings mentioned here should not be construed as referring to a fraudulent type of bankruptcy. At least in the U.S., bankruptcy does not imply a moral condemnation. Rather, it means that the individual failure cannot be separated from the health of the community. The special nature of the whole is implied in the failure of the part to perform adequately under particularly harsh economic conditions. A society which enthrones the principle of ruthless competition must also develop mechanisms to exteriorize the principle of compassion. The latter was at first emphasized by Northern Buddhism and soon after by Christianity. The concept of atonement at one moment, is directly related to that of release from the unbearable economic pressures in bankruptcy. So we, what we get to see here isn't so much about the bankruptcy or even the finances here. It's about the fact that we are all together in a community and maybe the energy being brought in from the galactic center, fed to the sun, and then the sun giving to the moon for us to take in is about how we can become free when we support one another in this world, right? When we, um, the, the pressures that we are each individually feeling are supported by, with compassion and kindness and generosity by the group, 
right, by the group. So it's a really interesting place for the uh, moon to be. And by the way, that is at 27 degrees, 29 minutes of Gemini. And the sun is at 27, 29 degrees of Sagittarius. And the galactic center right now sits at 27.08 degrees of Sagittarius, like literally right on top of one another. And the span, if you looked at just the span of space, literal space, that the galactic center takes up, what you see is that a degree before the degree and a degree after of a planet moving through is very much considered still a conjunction to that. And I'm even going to think maybe a couple degrees before that and a couple degrees after that because it's so massive and its impact is so great, right? So we've been under this influence even uh, we're under that influence maybe from yesterday to today, through tomorrow, through Sunday and Monday even. So it's really impactful. Um, the next one is 27 Sag. Ooh, my book is falling apart. All right. And this is where the sun is and the galactic center. So take a look at this. It is on the other page. Uh, it is an old bridge over a beautiful stream is still in constant use. The enduring elements in a society which reveal its ability to significantly link the genius of its individuals to the everyday needs of the collective. I couldn't have said it better myself, right? The symbol brings together, as it were, the essential values implied in the two preceding ones, meaning the previous two degrees, the mastery over material factors of a few imaginative and trained individuals enables their community to remain well integrated and able to function easily in the best possible environment. The work of these sculptor engineers allows their people to develop a relatively permanent culture. A tradition is built which enables men and women to link their other nature, their outer nature, not other, with the highest vision their leaders can conceive and objectively demonstrate. So this suggests that there is a way that we can work together uh, by both focusing on what our individual genius is and applying that to the genius of the whole, right? Everything that I've been saying, everything that a lot of people have been saying about how we need to come together and in a spirit of cooperation and bringing our gifts forward, right? Our individuality forward as a part of the collective, right? So we're all, so we have to think collectively and individually. And that's where the power is for us in this full moon. I thought that was really exciting. Uh, okay. Comments, questions. Um, holy cow, there's so many going on here. Um, and I might've missed some. So if I did, I apologize. Uh, bring your questions back to me. Uh, Pauline, how do we hear the Wednesday show with Tom Palladino? You do the same thing you do right now because I'm going to do it through StreamYard, which means it's going to be on Facebook Live, on Living Astrology's Facebook Live. It will also be on my YouTube channel, Live um, Living Astrology uh, on YouTube. So same thing. Whatever you did this morning, you're going to do the same thing on those Wednesdays. It's just me adding a day back into um, the 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 next year's schedule, at least for however long that lasts. Um, Asa, beautiful story. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It, it was a great story. What's even more extraordinary about the story 
is that before I would go out on a date with him, I, I was adamant to my friend. I'm like, I'm not just showing up and saying, hey, I'm your mystery date. He needs to call me and ask me on this date, right? I just felt like I'm not just going to show up and, and assume, right, that, that we're meant to be on this date together. So it was like the we were going on a Friday night and it was Wednesday and he still hadn't called. And I was at work and the phone rings and it's um, my best friend's boyfriend saying, hey, Janet, how are you? Somebody wants to talk to you. And you could tell he must have taken the, the phone and just shoved it at Terry, who then uh, stammers around. He was so shy, so, so shy. And uh, finally said, oh, well, we're going on a date to Disneyland on Friday. And I'm like, are you asking me to go on a date with you on Friday? And he said, yes, I'm asking you to go with me to Disneyland on Friday. And I said, I would love to. And so I hang up the phone after our conversation out loud. I said, I'm going to marry that man. It was extraordinary, right? That was it was just one of those times in my life where big things happen. And in the moment, I had the knowing that that was the man. Uh, so there we go. Uh, okay. Um, yes, I know it's a very hard. Yeah, it is a book that's hard to, to find. Uh, and it is, I got it and it's well used. But if you, you know, haunt Amazon and the the used bookstores or the the places where they sell a lot of used books, you might find it right? You might be able to find it. If you can't find it, there is still plenty of information out there on the Sabian symbols, right? So uh, Linda Hill uh, has a website about the Sabian symbols and uh, there's other books written on it. And it just gives us insight. I just happen to like Dane Rudyard because he was an astrologer and his astrology um, is his type of astrology is what a lot of astrologers are moving back to, to be more evolutionary, more big picture. And so I just happen to like him, but there are other really good books out there on the Sabian symbols or websites where you can go and look those up. So, um, okay. Now let's see, what time is it? Uh, 8.46. So let's just do a real quick rundown of Gemini energy since it's the primary uh, place that the moon will be. The moon is already there, so we're already getting juiced up for our full moon, as you, if, as it were, and we're already starting to collect the ideas, the inspiration, the curiosity, the communication, um, and even maybe the restlessness that the moon can bring us with a, a transit through Gemini. Today, the moon happens to be in a sextile to Chiron. We did a talk on, I think it was Monday, about the sextile and the semi-sextile because they're so profound in the year ahead and those two particular relationships between planets and so when we're talking about a sextile we're talking about um uh planets that are in either they're like elements they're in like uh atmosphere so they get along they get one another so uh the moon in gemini in a sextile to chiron says that there may be a lot of possibilities for how it is we can heal our own selves, right? With ideas, things that we hadn't thought of before, new ways of being, new ways of thinking, new ways, just being in, in, a, in a different space, a curiosity space. So there's that today as well. The moon in Gemini will be trying to Saturn. And normally you would think, you know, Saturn involved with a sign like 
uh, Gemini or the moon in Gemini might dampen down uh, our our personalities, but with a trine, we might be able to see how all things fit together. We may be able to have more focus ability, where usually the moon in Gemini is mixed emotions, scattered thinking. Well, maybe the trine with Saturn in, in uh, Aquarius brings us the, the little uh, lightning bolt aha moment that allows us to see things in a different way. So we, we have to be aware, you know, that the potential for perhaps um, some interesting ideas to come up because today as well, the sun is in a, a, a sesquiquadrate. Don't get caught up in the word. It just means it's a kind of a scritchy relationship, a tension relationship with the planet Uranus, which means that we might feel somehow caught between a rock and a hard place where we're having to be squeezed through something where we can't approach the solution into something in our lives in a way that we've always thought we could, um, where the tried and the true doesn't work, right? So today we have to be able to be thinking more mm, innovatively or like the, the out of the box kind of thinking. And we have to be prepared for things that are unusual or uh, surprising to happen right? Expect some kind of unexpectedness. And maybe it's an unexpected delay. Maybe it's some kind of an annoyance, something that, you know, you want to get going, you want to move forward, but these little things keep happening that kind of cause you to have to slow down. Uh, maybe something new comes along today, right? Maybe it's a new way of doing something, a new way of being, a new person in your life. There's a lot of possibilities today. Um, the sun is also in a semi-sextile today with Venus. And remember in our talk on Monday, the semi-sextile causes us to have to find ways to be cooperative, where we have to be able to give and receive, where we have to be able to move through the tension of uh, energies that don't really get each other. They're neighboring energies. One builds upon the other. The sun is in Sagittarius. Venus is in Capricorn. So we need the strength of the sun's adventurous spirit, the hunt for the truth and for freedom in order to work with Venus's Capricorn. Let's get clear on our values. Let's get clear on what the plan is. Let's get ready to do things in a way that makes sense. So the tension then pulls the need for us to be cooperating with one another, but also to be willing to, you know, give a little, right, to be a little bit more moldable. So then on Saturday, we have the full moon in Gemini. We've just talked about that a lot. Then on Sunday, Venus turns retrograde. That's where the new Venus cycle begins, the completion cycle, the 15 days of time where, we, where we're bringing um, this idea of, of values into more clarity by releasing the things that we're doing or the things, the people that are with us or the jobs we're doing, whatever it is that no longer resonates with our values so that we can be prepared when she completes that cycle or transitions to the new cycle for uh, us to really be in alignment with the truth of who we are, the truth of what we want, our gifts that we are here to bring to others. On Sunday, the sun is also in a sextile to Jupiter that makes it a very pleasant day. And thank God, because we're having our family Christmas party that day. Um, I'm going to need all kinds of energy this weekend. Tomorrow, we have my daughter's birthday party and my stepdaughter's birthday party. 
Um, it's a roaring 20s party, so I'm going to have to dress up. <laughs> I get to dress up. I'm going to reframe that. I get to dress up in my uh, 20s outfits, my little flapper costume, and then on Sunday have our family Christmas party. It's amazing how much stuff you can get, you can cram into uh, a weekend. Uh, so hopefully all of you will have a wonderful weekend as well and can, you know, take your understanding of some of these transits and apply it to your lives, right? That's the key is that, you know, these aren't just for, um, these aren't just things that are happening for us to talk about. These are actual things, archetypal energies that are uh, being applied to our lives. And it's going to apply to your lives in different ways, right? Based on your charts. So that's another reason to get to know your own personal astrology chart and your own personal human design chart, because then you're going to know how that is going to affect you, right? So where's that full moon uh, in, in your chart? Where's the galactic center in your chart? And that means you've got to know where Sagittarius is and you need to know where Gemini is. Then you need to know what the house means that it's sitting in. And what does that mean? And remember, it's taking up an axis, right? So let's say, for example, you have the sun right now in Sagittarius in the first house, meaning you probably have a Sagittarius rising. And that would put Gemini in your seventh house or your relationship house. That's where you're being pulled in two opposite directions, right? The Gemini curiosity, let's, you know, follow all the different trails and the little side routes and see what we can find versus Sagittarian drive for adventure. And no, let's do this. I'm all in. Let's go here and let's do this. So we're being pulled, right? So we want to be able to let go of some of the old strings that we're attached to, the old cords that have kept us caught up to be able to move into the more lighter energy that Gemini brings, the curiosity, the possibility energies uh, in our relationships in this place and in our own personal self, if you have it in across the first and the seventh. So again, knowing your own chart, huge, right? Huge to help you manage and understand what's going on for you personally. All right. Um, like to see you in 20 parties, Carm. <laughs> I'll probably take pictures and post them. I, I, we did this before we had a family murder mystery game that we played last March and we all dressed up in twenties gear because it was, uh, based in the 1920s and it was fantastic fun. And Bailey, whose birthday party it is that we were originally celebrating my, she's my stepdaughter. Um, she wanted to have a, a great Gatsby roaring twenties kind of party. So she invited us all to dress up. And if you know my family at all, we don't miss an opportunity to dress up, especially not my husband. So that's what we're doing. Um, Susie Gemini. Yes, I have been listening as well. Thank you, Janet. Uh, love to all have to be on a call. Bye, Lenny. It's good to see you. Happy Christmas to you. Uh, JLo, I've been working all year on ME, me. Uh, Gemini first um, house south node in Sagittarius seventh house no how funny that I chose that one um, also working for the collective also in mind while discovering me that's really cool uh, Pauline Gemini in the 12th house at 13 degrees or a 13 13 degree Mars retrograde but you're talking sidereal so I'm not sure what you're saying there Pauline but Gemini in the 12th house I'm very familiar with that's what I also have the sun in the 12th house. So often 
dealing with um, the potential for things coming up from the subconscious, dealing with old patterns, um, breaking those patterns, moving into new territory, um, having to work through fears and limitations and self-sabotaging behaviors, also dealing with the need to be able to come out and be more visible in the world. So a lot of different things there that I uh, feel like you are probably working on. Okay, now let's do a couple of card readings. I'm actually going to bring out, which means I'm going to dig to the bottom of the pile. No, it's right here. I'm going to bring out the Mayan cards. And in celebration of the galacticness of the day, of the weekend, the Galactic Heritage cards. So these are the card decks that I'll be using, Galactic Heritage and the Mayan Oracle cards. Let's pull a Galactic Heritage card first. And this is going to be for us collectively as we move through this full moon galactic center weekend. And what does it mean for us into the future, right? I think that's what we all want to know. Like, what does this mean for us as we go forward? I want to know that. I think, I think that's common, everybody, right? Ooh, pulse of, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I can't, I can't believe sometimes these cards and how they play. Um, what I pulled was the card number two pulse of life and look at that the galactic core and the galactic core is the galactic center right the galactic core galactic center i cannot make this stuff up card number two and here we go the galactic core like a great galactic clock the galaxy's core calibrates the rhythm of the evolution of consciousness through its wave emissions ancient civilizations such as the maya we're fully connected to it and we're able to plot a galactic calendar using this wisdom. All life, including you, can feel the pulse from the core. Look out into the night sky and connect with the dark spot in the Milky Way. Let yourself breathe in this energy, resetting you to the natural pulse of the universe. You cannot rush evolution. This is the card of trust. Let go and allow the universe to work through you. Commentary. While creation spans an infinite number of galaxies and states of consciousness, this card represents the energy of our home galaxy. At the center of any galaxy, the core acts like a metronome, almost like a heartbeat that guides the pace of evolution of all the consciousness in that particular galaxy. The Maya and other ancient civilizations understood this great role played by the galactic core and were able to interpret this pulse through their advanced calendar system that described the process of evolution from separation back into unity. Everyone is attuned to this metronome, but only some can feel it. In the year 2012, our solar system crossed over the galactic disk, beginning a new 13,000 year cycle of evolution. We are now able to access a whole new energy that facilitates integration and evolution during this new cycle. Some have also called this the rising of the cosmic feminine. If this card has come up in your reading, then it's either acknowledging your innate connection to this galactic pulse, or it is encouraging you to begin developing it. When you do this, the cosmic plan unfolds within you and becomes so much easier to connect with the higher self and flow with the natural current of your life instead of trying to manipulate events with the ego personality. Connecting with this energy brings a tremendous sense of peace and stillness and truly facilitates your journey back home. It's a lot of words to say everything that we just talked about, right? The pulse of life coming from the galactic core, giving us the pulse of the evolution of consciousness. 
right? The potential seeding of what comes next. All right. And I'm sure the Mayans, not to be outdone here, will bring us an interesting card. Did you guys notice I cut my hair off? I cut it like eight inches. I cut my hair. I didn't cut it. I went to a hairdresser who cut my hair. And I feel like I lost 50 pounds. And I also feel like I probably should have kept my hair. I, that was my feeling afterwards. I went, oh, no. Oh, hey. So card is already pulling out. Called the Portal of Transcendence. Like I didn't even need to. I didn't even need to uh, shuffle. The Portal of Transcendence. Portal of Transcendence. Interesting since we're going into a new uh, Pleiadian Earth week that begins at one transcendence, one transcending after we leave um, with 13 moving on Sunday. So Transcendence, Portal of Transcendence. The portals are further back, I believe. Hmm. Or not. The lenses. Oh, okay. So it's a lens. I like that. And all right. So the qualities of the portal of transcendence are the birth canal of the divine self, contractions of birth, bliss, stargate, ecstatic communion, secret doorway, seen and unseen, emptiness, the void, and also the unknowable, revealed and revealer. It says, I am beyond yet within, above yet below, the unknowable, the seen and unseen. Journey into my formless potential, merge with my emptiness and discover your fullness. Come, child of the cosmos, you are being revealed in the forthcoming miracle. Enter the beckoning portal of the greater reality. Travel the starry vastness in, vastness in the greater constellation of self. Fulfill your yearning to merge with the one heart. Soar into the oneness of shared essence. Burst old bonds and limitations. Breathe the divine breath. Expand to include more of who you truly are. The portal of transcendence is the secret doorway you have long sought. The stargate through which new worlds are seated. Open now to ecstatic communion and the rupture, rapture and grace of unconditional love. Awaken to the joyful celebration in this realm where there is only love. Drink deeply of your homecoming. Experience the sublime bliss and unity found in the eternal present moment. Freed from separation, there is no doubt that you are love's presence. Fully merge once again with the serene vibration of this home. As you return home, renewed and awakened, embody the joyful frequency of heaven on earth. The new frequencies of the golden octave now dance within you in the splendor of the unified pulse. You are in a birth canal. Surrender to the contractions. You are in the process of birthing your expanded self. Be delivered into ecstasy. You are the conscious dreamer awakening the dream. Assist in the creation of the quantum leap that will catapult the earth into a new spiral of being. You are the knower. You are the oracle. You are the love in Lakesh. There is no other. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So portal of transcendence and the pulse of life at the galactic core. 
perfectly embodying everything that we talked about this morning. Everything, everything. It's amazing. All right. That is it for me today. And uh, wishing you all a wonderful weekend, a happy full moon to you. I will see you on Monday when Corey is going to join us to talk about her publishing company and her books and her passion, what it is that she's living for. Uh, take care, everybody. Mwah! Much love to you. See you Monday.